We are just winging it. Oh, yeah, we are! We're closing out the year. This is it. This is really it, John. Can you believe that 2021 is nearly over? I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it'll it'll be, like, imminent. The twilight of the year. It feels to me, honestly, if you had told me that this was the end of year episode for 2020, I would have 100% been like, yeah, it's been a hell of a year. Like, the fact that we're talking about 2021 and 2022 being next is not registering with me at all right now. I mean, 2021 already felt very future-y, but 2022 is like... I expect that as soon as the clock strikes midnight, we're going to start seeing flying cars. Oh, we're going to have flying cars. We're going to be cloning each other just for fun. (laughs) It really feels like, you know, it's going to be minority report everywhere. Well, you've already already got the DNA uh, in your house from my staying there and leaving a toothbrush, uh, which is a great segue, uh, I think. John left a toothbrush in our house. And and honestly, the cloning idea is not off the table yet. So we'll see (laughs) how you do on this episode today. And if it's not up to par, you know, we have a backup at this point. Um, Yeah, it was great. John came and stayed with us for a couple of days last week and we got the jam together together and have some fun and it was uh it was wonderful to hang out it was magical i mean you know you and i we've seen each other um one other time basically i guess one and a half if you want to you know call that time where you came by and just like waved yelled from Um, the street yeah but um you know there only there have only been a few instances where i've um seen people from work very few um in the flesh during this time frame and in each of them, I've come away with feeling like, wow, I I didn't realize the extent to which I missed that. You know what I mean? Like, we, we obviously are able to stay in touch and communicate, in the case of you and I, pretty regularly through the show. But, like, you know, we're human beings who are used to being connected physically, right? Um, that's dirty. It sounds dirty. But... You know, that too, well, that's I why guess. we held hands the entire the entire time. We know? would not let go. We just embraced it intertwined our legs. <laughs> yeah, it was very romantic. I mean, it made it a little hard to eat and, you know, do daily activities, but we, we made it work. Um, we did. In we our did. pretzel figure kind of way. And <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I just I really enjoyed it. And I can't help but think at the as we close out this year and, and you know, we're going to kind of reflect on the year in this episode. Um. I think I'm starting to come to terms with like some weird rewiring in my brain that's happened over this time frame. And I think this is true of everyone in, in, in different ways, but I, I really sincerely believe that there's like an alternate, you know, version of myself that has come out over the course of this time frame. Um, and you know, it's not like there's some alternate universe where the pandemic didn't happen and our trajectory stayed the same that, that at least I don't believe that maybe you do. Um, <laughs> but it is, I, I have so many feelings. I can't even necessarily describe them, articulate them clearly as you can hear me talk through this. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't know, man, I'm feeling it. I'm really feeling it. I guess the, the, the transformation that's happened over the course of this time frame and, um, how it's impacted all of us in ways that I think we, we knew it would, but I, I'm really feeling like we're there. Do you know what I'm saying? Is anything I'm saying making any sense? It, it makes sense in the way things make sense when you've had like a little too much <laughs> CBD and you're a little drowsy and somebody's still talking, but like YouTube is on in the background and you're like, what? I'm going to kind of tune out for a minute. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. <sighs> and it's something that I have been thinking about a lot. I was talking with Micah about this yesterday. Like this, this has been, I mean, by huge leaps and bounds, the worst mental health year I've had in my entire life. Like yeah. I went into 2020 
in, you know, I, I was like in great shape. I was feeling really happy and normal. And then 2020 happened. And then I came into 2021 with this big ball of depression that I was mm, dealing with. Mm. And that depression kind of gave way to anxiety because of all these different things going on in our lives. And that anxiety like has been something that I have been consumed by at times this year. You know, my yeah. mental health balance has been all over the place. And it's led to, you know, insomnia, like we were talking about earlier, and it's led to a lot of panic and stuff like these things that I never used to even think twice about have become a big part of my daily life during this year. But I feel like over the last month, you know, and maybe this is partly because we're coming to the close of a calendar year, but like, I really decided I'm done just kind of dealing with this every day. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a look at myself and what has happened to me over the last year and a half of just this constant stress that we're under and figure out like what like where I am right now. And, uh, and that journey with, you know, therapy and meditation and, and figuring out, you know, what, what I'm actually feeling has been really revelatory for me and has given me this perspective, uh, of like very deep gratitude Mm, mm. for, for my self being here right now for obviously my family, for friends like you, for people out there who listen to this and write in and have become friends over the years, for all the little beacons of light in life that it can be very easy to stop paying attention to. You know, I had a great conversation with my psychiatrist a while ago where he was, uh, you know, I was talking about all this anxiety that I keep feeling about, you know, the kids being safe and about my family being okay, because we're in this constant, you know, near emergency situation for such a long time now, right? Right. And when we're recording this now, you know, we, I felt like we had a window of time. Obviously, we had the summer, things felt really hopeful in terms of COVID. You know, Delta arrived late summer, things were going downhill, surging more. But then there was all another, I feel like, time period in the fall where it started to feel like, all right, Delta is sort of maybe not raging in the way that we thought it would or or it could. Um, and it felt like it was under control. And now, of course, another surge is coming. I mean, I feel like it's all around me. I mean, there's so many people um, that I've now heard about that are only a level connected, you know, a level like one step removed from me or my family who've gotten it. And it's, it's getting scary again with the new variant. So anyway, just to put it into context, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The, the omnipresence of physical dangers for our families, you know, and, and for ourselves. And like, I couldn't go, I was supposed to be in Vermont with friends this week. I didn't end up doing that because I didn't feel good. And, you know, we didn't want to take any risks. Like this sort of thing is, uh, like it didn't used to be like that, you know, like in another year I would have 100% gone and been like, it's fine. But now like if anybody has any signs of a fever, like you can't because you could transmit it and kill your friend's children or something, right? You, You never know. Yeah. So that, that level of constant anxiety that we've been dealing with has really you know, altered my life in a lot of ways. And my, my psychiatrist I was talking about, it was like, um, you know, the next time you feel that reframe it as gratitude because you are lucky to be fearful for things like that. You know, Mm, like mm. I am, I am lucky that I have people in my life that I care enough about that them getting hurt would be a big deal. Like that is something to be grateful for Mm -hmm. and gratitude in a lot of ways. And this is something he said that I'm agreeing with is the admission of luck. You know, to be grateful is to say like, holy shit, I am such a lucky person. And that is not conditional. That's not saying like, you know, as long as this doesn't happen or saying, but this, it's just saying I am so lucky. And so I'm sitting here at the end of December in 2021, having been through all these journeys, you know, thinking how 
deeply grateful I am to be doing this in the first place. And and I'm grateful for you. And I'm grateful for getting to hang out with you and getting that time together to play music. I mean, the thing is, you know, listeners, <laughs> John just started guitar during this pandemic as you It's been uh, about one year now. Yeah. And there's no way that you don't know that because most of our episodes have been about <laughs> how many guitars he's buying. Um, but he came with this whole awesome setup, a fucking hand, personal hand built <laughs> pedal rack. It's getting crazy. Daisy chain. It's getting um, crazy. You know, multiple guitars to choose from this beautiful amp and set up shop in our family room. And we played together. You know, I played them piano. He was on guitar for hours and hours and sang and had a great time. And he did a live performance. And that's something that before the pandemic you had never done before. And so we are all in this metamorphic moment mm. that is revealing itself more and more and more. And, and I'm I, I'm just in a moment today where I'm kind of reflecting on that, obviously. Oh, man. Yeah, it's hitting me. Everything you're saying. You know, I mean, I um, I have to confess that, uh, man, I'm getting pretty emotional here. <laughs> it's about as emotional as you're going to see me get on this show, folks. I feel that I feel a bit of concern about... Um, I think I'm scared. I think I'm scared of the person that's coming out of this pandemic. And um, I don't always like everything about how I think I'm changing, if that makes sense. And I'll, I'll be more specific with you. Um, I've always considered myself an extrovert. I'm not necessarily, you know, in the classic like MBTI, if, if folks have done that or believe in it. I'm not like an extreme extrovert. But, you know, I've always leaned towards being an extroverted, which means it translates into the idea that you... Um, you sort of get charged and fueled by um, connection with other people, right? Um, and one of the values always for me, um, you know, when I talk about my values, right, if I ever do an exercise, let's say, you know, Brene, Brene Brown has a really wonderful activity um, where you sort of define your values. And uh, I settled on two in particular. And one of them is this word Ubuntu. I am because we are. Um, this idea that we can only really define ourselves in relation to others you know that that we are a collective in in this beautiful way i think and and the thing that i've struggled with over the course of this pandemic is how i'm surrounded by family and i have you know many connections still but i i feel that i've become more what's the word it's not necessarily isolated because i have access to people um but i almost like i've turned inward in a way that i don't always like like i want the time to myself you know in this case like the guitar thing has been this gift, right? That uh, a new hobby that I can devote so much time and energy into. Um, but there's this like fine line between something that can become just so enjoyable, and it is, it's joyous, and something that is like uh, teetering on self-absorbed. <laughs> and I don't know that I'm there, but I I feel that by not being with other people so much, right? I mean, just day to day, even the people that I work with, or connected to people in general, I've just become like more like, ah, oh man, we've talked about this a little bit. When you start a family to begin with, this happens, you become more insulated. I think that's the right word for it. And I find myself like wanting more of that. I'm, I'm like drawn to being insulated in these times, partially because of our, our health and, and security. And partially because I, f I almost feel like there's some rewiring happen happening where I'm like, I just, I want that insulation um, and I'm less likely to like put myself out there, you know? And so being with you, you know, and, and visiting was just this wonderful, like break out of that because um, you know, I was in, in with your family and able to connect in ways that I, I don't have as much. And so, 
you know, once again, I'm not sure that I'm clearly articulating um, what I'm feeling here because there's a lot bottled up in it. Um, but I just feel so acutely aware of of the sort of transformation that's happening um, through the pandemic and wanting to sort of have that drive in a positive direction versus what I think could be, you know, this more sort of insulated um, life that we, we, you know, could be going into. I wonder, though, because I feel that, too, honestly, like in, in December, you know, we have plans with so many like, you know, with the plans with you and we've, you know, saw, you know, Micah's family over the weekend in New York. And, and you know, we saw we've seen other friends um, and family. I've noticed that I am really grateful for it as it's happening and I'm really excited. And then afterwards, I'm like completely exhausted. Yeah. Which never used to be the case. As you know, I, I used to, I mean, I could, I could stay up for days if there were other people staying up with me because <laughs> it just, it, you know what I mean? My energy source was just constant. Right, right. Now, when I do things with people, I'm grateful for it and I'm enjoying it, but I'm also like, I need time to lock myself up somewhere yeah. and read a book in the dark, you yes, know, like yes. by my bedside lamp or something. Like I need that insularity in a way that I used to be kind of afraid of. And I guess that sort of makes me feel, I mean, there's no way that we're going to come out of this if we, who knows if we come out, like who knows what that even means. Honestly, I don't know what that means at this point. Like we're saying come out of this, but who fucking knows? I know, I know, because there is no coming out of this, right? I mean, like this is this. (laughs) This is just the world that we have. Like this is the world that we're alive to experience. So whatever that means, uh, you know, I, I am trying to frame it as, I'm realizing that I am also good company for myself, mm, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think I used to worry about that. I think I used to, to feel like I kind of needed other people around me to feel like I was interesting or fun, mm, you know? Mm. And now, like, in these quiet moments where I'm sitting here or going on a hike with Luna, I'm realizing, like, you know, I'm actually not bad company for myself and that that's, that's an okay thing mm. to indulge in, you know? Yeah. So who knows if that's going to hold up, but I, there are huge physiological changes happening with all of us. Like the conversations that I keep having with people are so different now. For one yeah. thing, people are much more emotionally open, I've mm. noticed. Yeah. And as somebody who's always been like the token emotionally open person in the conversation, I, I'm, I'm frequently now just in the position of listening to somebody else open up about something emotional, Yeah, which obviously is great for me, but it also is great for us as a society, I think, that we are we, we are really aware of what we're going through and how much shit has been difficult, you know? But then we have moments like last night. So uh, so Jude is getting glasses, which he's very excited about. Wow. Very excited about. How did about. that come we, about? Did he start to realize he couldn't see something or was it just a regular eye exam kind of thing? So at, at the school nurse, you know, they do these like eye checkups. Uh, of and course, one yes. of his eyes was off the other one. And so they referred him and I took him yesterday to the eye doctor and he's he's been wanting glasses like since he was a baby. So he's always wanted them, you know? Wow, how times have changed. I mean, I, I know, right? Is he but, so he's in third grade, right? Third grade, yeah. Okay, I think I was first or second. I think I was second grade when I started uh, wearing glasses. So yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah, I was fourth grade, and so going going back to that was it was in, it just bring me back to being a child, obviously. Right. Um, and I also now know that Jude wanted glasses because he looks freaking great in glasses. We went to <laughs> Warby Parker, like one of the in person Warby Parker stores, uh, you know, last night to try yeah, them on, and he, yeah. he like every single frame looked like so dope on him. I can't wait to and see. I was like, man, you're lucky. Yeah, he looks. I'll send you a picture afterwards. I want to really, see. And he just looks like confident and happy. Uh, but anyway, so you know, we we did that last night, and then to celebrate because it had been over two weeks since the boys got fully vaccinated, uh, we went at, we went to Modern Pizza, which is this really great pizzeria in New Haven, and we sat down and we ate you know, in person together without masks on. 
inside a restaurant, which we have yeah. not done with the kids before because, you know, we were like, you have to be fully vaccinated and we're going to wait and we're not going to take any risks. And we did it last night. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, I never thought twice about how lucky we are to sit in a pizzeria together. I never thought twice about it. You know, <laughs> I never, I never even stopped to consider how beautiful the sound of other people laughing at tables would be, you know, mm, but yes. we're sitting there last night and I'm just surrounded by humans in their own little booths, you know, with fucking plexiglass, obviously, <laughs> you know, cut off from each other in, in this old school pizzeria that now looks like a space station because yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. You know, duct work and everything. But like people laughing and, and it feeling human and that sense of, of community is something that I don't think any of us will take for granted again. I truly don't. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And, you know, Going back to the earlier part of, of what you were just talking about, um, there's something interesting here, I think, about the time in our lives that we're at right now as well as dads, because our kids are becoming more um, independent and self-sufficient, right? Obviously, they're still elementary school kids. It's not like they can <laughs> do everything on their own, um, but they're they're coming into their own, which has just been beautiful to see, um, and, and so much of it over the course of the pandemic, too, you know, which is just amazing because i mean the resiliency that these kids have and will have as a result of this i think is really staggering um but alongside that you know our evolution as dads has been i, I the role has shifted and it's come with a lot more alone time because of the nature of our work now being being remote and i wonder how much here is at play the the sort of combination of those things is is reintroducing ourselves to ourselves. <laughs> and I, I certainly, I have felt this way um, in that even just having a hobby, you know, I've not had a hobby in a long, since before kids, right? Like the closest thing would have been um, doing um, film work, you know, video uh, production, which I was doing pretty regularly before kids, right? And I, it was this thing where it was both a hobby and um, a side gig and I, I loved it. Um, it was so enjoyable, but you know, I stopped it all together cause I, it was, I didn't want to have to just layer on another thing, um, on top of work and, and being a parent. And so, you know, reflecting back now on this year, I don't know whether guitar would have been the thing that I would have discovered if it had not been for the pandemic. Cause it was a moment where I felt like, you know, this is a great time to have, um, a new hobby and pour myself into it. Cause I'm going to have more time at home, but maybe this is sort of a natural moment for us in our evolution as, as parents to reintroduce ourselves to ourselves. And, and maybe what I'm, some of what I'm feeling is um, afraid, afraid of like, you know, who is the person that isn't a dad and isn't a husband anymore, right? Because so much of my identity over the last few years has been completely wrapped in that, you know? And I mean, that part is... It's interesting. It's exciting in a way, you know, certainly the guitar thing. Obviously, I keep coming back to that. But like finding things that um, fuel you is exciting. And maybe, you know, mixed with that is a bit of a fear that I, I don't want to become self-absorbed. I don't know. Maybe I'm like too obsessed about that. But I just I feel like we have this time with our kids right now. And I toggle between this is great. They're doing their own thing and I can be playing guitar, doing something alongside them. And this is good because it's cultivating in them the ability to play and do things. But at the same time, I feel, um, am I missing out? Am I missing out on this precious time, you know, to be playing or, or involved with them, knowing that they're going to be growing fast and then they're not going to want to spend any time with me, <laughs> probably, you know, as a teenager. And that's okay. But like, 
yeah, once again, there's a lot bottled up in there and, and, you know, I'm trying not to judge any of it as much as just, um, inspect it. You know, if I'm thinking back to our episode on feelings, there's, um, there's a lot to sort of unpack there. Yeah, there is. And there's also, I'm reminded of an episode we did last year, I think, or maybe mm. this was two years ago where we were talking about taking pictures of our kids and about how there was this, was that two years ago? That might've been two years ago. <laughs> Who the hell? It could have been three, I have no but idea. I know what you're well, talking about. Very that actually, that, that the fact that we can't figure out how long ago it was, is bringing me to my, my point actually, which is that you and I have been dealing with that issue that you're talking about since the beginning of this show. I mean, I'm sure even on the early episodes or even when we had the tangent, which was kind of the pilot for this thing, <laughs> I'm sure we were also talking about how precious time was with the kids and about how afraid we were of how evanescent it was and how, you know, we didn't want to miss anything. And um, <clears throat> that hasn't gone anywhere, right? Like that is still a, a huge concern for us. But the context around that concern is so vastly and vividly different. Yes. Like the world that we're having those concerns in is a world where the time intensity, right? Is it's, just it's intense. Everything is so intense and and time is so amorphous, right? Like something that we are talking about all the time with people is when did this happen? Was this last year? Like, what the hell year is it? Like how much yeah. time has gone by? It's constant. This idea of we don't have the waypoints that we normally do because we're just missing all of these things that society normally has to keep us sort of apprised of where we are without that sort of time check-in thing it's become very easy for me to get way too fixated on the immediate moment mm. not in the healthy way not like in a being present way but in like a anxiety way and like i have to hold yeah. on to this because like their the moments are going so quickly i'm getting older everything's changing like my kids are so big now henry's reading shit when we're driving by and on the road like it's crazy like these changes are happening so you know rapidly yes. just like they always have but because we're already feeling intense. And because we're feeling confused about how much time is going by, we are feeling the sense of unmooring from the regular, just, you know, growing up with our kids that we used to take for granted so much. Mm -hmm. So I similarly feel that, I, I mean, every, every single day of my life, I feel to some degree, oh, I'm not being present enough with the kids. Like, you know, I mean, of course, they don't actually want to hang out with me all the time, which is another <laughs> thing that I'm having to be okay with. But, you know, yeah, yeah, this feeling of guilt about what if I want to go do something else and the kids are just like on screens, like, is that an okay thing to do? And the right. reality is, of fucking course, that's an okay thing to do. That's mm -hmm. life. If we were all just, you know, being hyper gracious all the time and just being so, you know, continually immersed in each other's lives, then like it would all blend together into this homogeneous thing that it's not supposed to be, right? Life is about valleys and hills. And life is about having moments that are very, very meaningful and moments that are very, you know, banal. And those banal moments are important too, and we shouldn't be afraid of them, I think is what I'm trying mm. to say. No, I think that's true, you know, and there's um, there's a few things in there too. Uh, one one that feels like a theme emerging lately for me, because it's cropped up in a few different areas, um, is the notion of holding on too tight, you know. Um, <laughs> we we saw Encanto, um, which was is this, you know, wonderful uh, Disney film that came out recently, another Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda film that, that you know, of course... Uh, Anything by him, my kids just love the music in particular. And uh, I won't give anything away, but, you know, in terms of a theme that emerged from that, this this concept of holding on too tight um, to our family, to those that we sort of hold dearest to us, right? And and, in, and to life and to some extent. And and I think, to the, I think back to that, and it's sort of counterintuitive, right? I mean, you want to hold those who, are, who you love tightest. And in a sense... 
the memories of them, even in the moment, we want to hold dear to us. We want to fully experience them, right? We're, we're the millennials. We're, we're about experience <laughs> uh, more than more than material items, or, or at least that's what I've been told. Um, but like even that, it, holding it too tightly, I think, in a different way allows it to sort of escape or um, doesn't allow it to be fully itself or in this case, our kids or whomever. And so I think to the two episodes we did on Hunt, Gather, Parent, and that's been certainly um, a book that and, and the sort of ideas behind it have been, you know, parenting. Um, in the backdrop for me is things that I think about often, not always because I'm trying to emulate it. Um, cause honestly, uh, you know, I felt, I felt challenged by a lot of that. I mean, I, I talked about the morning routine so much when we, when we had those episodes and how challenging that is getting the kids out on time. And, and there was an approach in that book, which was very hands-off and it just feels like a joke to me. Um, <laughs> because if anything, it's only gotten harder now with school now with first grade. And, um, I don't know, man, I, I, I feel like our culture and the way that we're set up so driven to be like on schedule and, and to task is just, it makes it very difficult to be a a hands-off parent or, and I know hands-off isn't what they would describe in that book, but um, the idea that we, we can sort of cultivate in our kids that, that will to, to get ready on their own and, and be less um, on top of them. I'm struggling with big time still. And, and I'm not sure. I'm going to find the answers in that book or other other cultures because like I'm not in that culture. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at with that right now. Yeah, that's definitely when I look back at the year, at a series of conversations that has been in my mind more than others just because it's so applicational, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there were things to try from it. And, uh, and by and large, they haven't worked <laughs> for me either, <laughs> which is fine, you know, and it's good to kind of question what you're doing. But the reality is, is we live in a deadline-based, deliverable-based society. And I feel like it's really easy for us as millennial parents to shit on that idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. I want to shit on that idea. I'm not a deliverable, deadline-driven person outside of the art that I create. Like, just as a as a human, you know, I'm I'm pretty go with the flow for the most part. And, right. and I kind of feel like that's a good way to be because it's sort of healthy. But uh, I don't think that it, it, like everything else, it has to be in balance. And and we've seen now as a global culture, what it's like to not have that because of lockdowns and because mm-hmm. of all these extended closures and, you know, sporting events not happening and concerts not happening and school being canceled and all these, these big things that have happened that have disrupted that whole, you know, now, now, now uh, culture that we Yes. Have? Yes. I think we've seen what's on the other side of that. And the other side of that is 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 really difficult. Like, it's really hard to go to school when you want to based on how the kids are doing or to, like, let them be late because, you know, it's their fault. It's hard to do that yep. and feel okay about it. Um, so what I'm saying, I guess, is just like everything else, I feel like I'm having a more thorough understanding of the world that we live in just as I'm having a more thorough understanding of, of myself. And when we recorded that episode, I remember feeling kind of liberated by that conversation being like, that's exactly what I want to do. Like I want the kids to be self-driven and I want them to lead. And now I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Like we don't live in that world, but there's elements of it we can take, you know, there are absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, cause I really, I still, I lean on, for example, very much the, the idea of asking questions back to kids when they ask me something. You know, whether it's to understand a given topic, you know, uh, that that's helpful because it gets them thinking about it more first Um, or um, it's rather than going at something head on like you're going to be late. You know, it's like 
what do you, what's going to happen if you don't get if you don't wake up out of bed right now right and like to allow them to process it it doesn't i'm not saying it works in that they're like suddenly like oh yeah and then they just jump out of bed and you know get ready but i can see the connections start to form you know i can see that by being late um grace knows what it feels like to walk into class late and to bring that tardy slip right and it still is not enough of a motivator right but like it's it's a it's a reference point and it's something that has given her at least a little bit more of a boost <laughs> um in the morning and so you know yeah I, I i take parts of it and i try to implement them um so that we're cultivating at least some innate sense of there are consequences for my actions and i am responsible for my actions you know and, and that i really appreciate because i think it's something that um some some modes of parenting have missed out on in being too sort of helicopter, if I'm using that word, and, and on top of our kids. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a balance because I certainly still feel like a helicopter in the morning. Otherwise, we're not getting out of the house on time. Yeah. And you've been there now for the morning routine in our household and you've seen me helicoptering around. But I do have to say that was one of the better mornings that we've had. (laughs) Oh, I was amazed by that. It was so it was, you know, I said to you at one point, like, imagine if imagine if we all just had, you know, an observer parent (laughs) there to like, you know, chip in or whatever, because I was like, oh, yeah, he got his gloves already. Or I made some comment. It was so helpful. I was like, Um, oh, thank you. I didn't normally I would be freaking out about it. Yeah, it cracked me up. Um, But man, that was a a well-run production. I have to say, um, well, we had an audience though too. That's the thing you have to remember. You know, I learned they knew just winging at John was going to be there. So. I would fully, in- yeah, that's true. I would fully endorse any opportunity to just like spend an overnight with a family and kind of just you know not in a creepy way, but watch um, or, or take part in their routines. Because I certainly came away with some takeaways. You know, like the, for example, starting earlier. You know, because part of our issue is that we wait too long to wake the kids up. And then mm. you're auto- you're automatically then stressed, right? And everybody's trying to rush. It's tough because I hate waking them up. I hate disturbing like a kid who needs sleep, you know, know. to wake them from that, right? It sucks. That's like that's where the time crunch part of it I just hate, but but I think at least getting an alarm and doing something with that. So I mean, just by just by, you know, experiencing another family's routine, I feel like we we have so much to learn from each other, which of course is like the idea of this show, right? We talk to each other as parents because um, it's not that any one of us has all the answers by any stretch, but just having uh, being exposed to someone else's um, techniques, if you will, <laughs> uh, it was helpful. So we're going to we're going to try some of that out. Yeah, I'm going to visit you and I'm going to take notes on what you guys are doing, too, because I because in, in my head, you do it perfectly. But I know that, you know, in, in the actual day to day existence, it probably doesn't feel like that. You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, how it, it's just I hate there's a mode now where my voice turns from this like gentle morning breeze to this sharp hurricane, you know, <laughs> do you know, you know, that sh- you know how you can like say things without even screaming. Cause I wouldn't say I scream, but you know how you can say it with this like sharp, like cutting sharpness. It's yeah, like, like a command. Yeah. It's like you switch to the bridge pickup on a guitar. You know what I mean? Oh, like just, there it is. A little treble comes out. Yeah. I got you. you. Just, I got it's you. this biting, um, and I'm aware of that now and it just, it, it's sort of like, I hope it gets the point across to my children, <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> it doesn't feel good though. But I, I, in terms of morning routines, and I, I want to revisit before we close some of the other episodes quick too, but in terms yeah. of morning routines, <laughs> you're, you're mentioning something that's been really helpful for us, which is get, getting started late earlier so that the kids have free time before the bus comes. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, for, for the entire 
school year up until now, up until like two weeks ago, we hadn't done that. It had been like, you know, we're going to do the free time beforehand and have like a slow breakfast and like play some video games and wake up, watch a cartoon and then get ready and then like just run as fast as we can to get to the bus stop. Now the kids are realizing how nice it is to get that stuff done, you know, early and then have like 30 or 40 minutes just to like do it do what you want to do. That's awesome. That's been really good. Another thing that's been actually transformatively good for our family, uh, like, I mean, it has changed so many things, has been setting an alarm clock in the kids' room, which before, like, I mean, I've I've alluded to it a little bit on the show, but it's sort of boring to bring it up over and over again, so I haven't really talked about it a ton, but sleep has been a big issue with the kids, especially with Henry for the last six or seven months. He just continuously has been coming down in the middle of the night. And it's been hard to, for us to get continuous sleep because of that, because he just mm. comes down and, and, you know, wants to lay. And then Jude realizes that he's not in the room anymore and he comes down to investigate. And then he comes in the room. And then sometimes I have to go sleep in the guest room because there's no room in the bed because they're all spread out. It's three in the morning. So it's been like a, a, an annoying thing that happened. that has been happening probably three or four times a week on average. And that we've been trying all these different things. Like, you know, like you saw, you know, we got the new beds. We figured they could redo their bedroom and maybe that would make them more comfortable staying in their room and not coming down. You know, we've been reading about it. But what the thing that fixed it, and it really did because this hasn't happened now in a long time, is just setting an alarm clock for them that goes off at 630. And when that alarm goes off, they know that, okay, now it's time to wake up. Like I made it, you know, this is now it's morning so I can come downstairs. And every morning we all wake up because their feet, you know, hit the ground right above of our course, heads because yeah. they're above us. So I hear like the little alarm go off, then I hear their feet pitter pattering and I'm like, wow, it just worked. So something about that, about like giving them clarity about what time it was and things, it just clicked. So I'm really grateful for that. I That was another takeaway for me because we had, we used to have one of those alarms where it's just um, an okay to wake because it was kind of the opposite, you know, at a younger age where you want them to see when it's early enough or, or yeah, you don't want them waking up too early, right? Right, right. That was an issue we had a while back. Um, it's like, stay in your bed. You can be awake, but like, you know, it's super early. So just stay there. I mean, this was a few years ago now. Um, but now that, that clock doesn't work cause it's, you just see it, you know? And we tried the audio version of it and it, cause it does have that. And it was just this like awful, you know, classic alarm clock sound that just sucks. So after, after spending time with you, uh, I did order a, uh, alarm clock for, for Christmas to give to them. So, Ooh, nice. Luke and, had and actually, them, I was just going to well, say, briefly, yeah, 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 go ahead, go, 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 go. I was going to say, just something that I found was important was letting them set it. Yes. So they have like that control over that moment, you know, so mm. they, they're like, this is when I want to, this is when I want to. Well, along those lines, Luke had already requested from Santa a while back. Um, he had requested uh, that an alarm clock wake him to the sound of um, the song, Knocking on Heaven's Door by Guns N' Roses, which is his favorite. <laughs> he just like is obsessed with that song, and so he wants really? to wake up to it. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh my god, it's the. F- I mean, like I'm not even a huge um, GNR fan, but the fact that you know I've played that song before, like probably during a workout or something, and uh, and he just love he absolutely loves it. He wants to hear it all the time. The solo, it's the cutest thing. That's so cute. But more more recently, though, he he had like the absolute best response when I asked him what he wanted from Santa. Um, whereas Grace, you know, she's been saying like every time the list gets longer, and lately it's been she wants an iPad. Which I'm mm. like, I don't think Santa's getting you an iPad. You know, what I mean? like we already have a, a Chromebook, and I'm just like, I don't want to give in to what I imagine is only going to be the beginning of wanting more and more screens, um, yeah, and devices, right? So, so I, you know, whatever. But her list keeps growing, and then. I asked Luke on our walk to daycare what he wants from Santa. 
And he just, without missing a beat, he said, I want whatever Santa wants to give me. Wow. Look and at I that. was blown away. I'm like, I'm I don't taking think I've ever heard the... a kid say that. Right? Yeah. I was, I was blown away. Um, so I'm just going to take all the credit for, for raising him. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, I don't know what happened with Grace. Something went wrong, but yeah, it's hunt gather parent, you know, they can't all be winners, right? <laughs> yeah. Second kid, you know, you do it a little bit better. You're more hands yeah. off. That's for sure. That is, that is for sure. That's really mature. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, as we kind of close out, I was thinking a, a common theme of a lot of shows this year has been fear and anxiety, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Um, and how we've managed to find ways to deal with it. And, you know, I'm looking back at the shows we've done and it's interesting to note how we keep having these episodes where we're setting ourselves up for that reemergent moment where we're not going to have to live with this anymore. Right. Like you can see these episodes back from like May and June where we're like, all right, now that the pandemic's over, like, what are we going to do? Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah, we yeah, just yeah. got vaccinated. Right. Yeah. Reentry was literally the name of the Figuring episode. Out vacation, you know, <laughs> right. There's all these episodes from that time period where you can see us having this relationship with like, okay, now it's okay to not be afraid anymore. Cause we're safe and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, Obviously, you know, that's not true. And and also some of my favorite conversations in there, like, for example, when Peter came on and we talked about skateboarding and things and, and what acceptable risk looks like with kids. Yeah. To me, that's a conversation that I have carried quite a bit because I have had this relationship with fear this year where it's been this all or nothing thing where it's like either it's full throttle, protect the family at all costs, like no risk taking, or it's like, okay, we're fine. Let's go to Florida. And, you know, it's it's like... <laughs> The pandemic's over. But the reality is, is like we're emerging from 2021 in a world where fear is still just a, a fucking fact of life. Yep. And what does acceptable risk taking look like? So, for example, going to eat in that restaurant last night for, for me, and this might sound ridiculous because I'm sure there's plenty of people listening who go out and eat in restaurants with kids all the time. But for me, that was like a, that was a thing. I had to kind of think, yeah. OK, this no, is with you. acceptable we had a risk. Couple this of- is OK. You know, um, uh, funeral actually in in particular where we had you know there's there's a, there a um, gathering afterwards to eat and um, that similarly you know that was it was only a couple of weeks ago and that was our first time having the kids indoors eating in a situation like that. Um, but I'm with you that you know w- this is all becoming it is the norm and we're gonna have to figure out where that line is for us and it's gonna change you know at different times of year and. At different points in the over the course of the the um, the COVID surging or not, it's just what it is. Um, you know, the other thing that crops up for me for this year, if I if I think about the theme that emerged, um, it's 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 both the um, mental health part of it, which you're you're connecting to, but also the physical. Right? We had a couple episodes where we really dug into um, exercise routines and and got some tips from. Um, a physical therapist, Dennis, and uh, occupational therapist, Joe. And, and that was so much fun to hear from them and, and explore the whole concept of dad bod and um, how to take <laughs> care of ourselves. I have to say that that's an area where I feel like I've just, I'm not in a, where I want to be with um, with having a dad bod. <laughs> no, not that. With, <laughs> with being just regularly exercising. It's been very much like ebbs and flows, you know, and I'm trying to get into a routine that can stick. But that's oddly been hard because you'd think we have so much more time at home. So I'm still like trying to figure that out. But every time I do get into even just a week stretch where I feel like I've worked out, you know, more days than not that week, I feel so much better, you know? And so I just, I want to, that's, I, I want to really focus more energy on that and just like, um, maintaining energy. Cause I think it ultimately helps our mental health too. 
Oh, yeah. Especially when we're sitting indoors all the time and we're kind of trapped, you know? Yes. That, for me, those episodes, for one thing, were, were just, they were both so much fun. Like, I, I loved recording those. But they also, you know, you can listen to me back then, now almost a year ago, talking about, I had just gotten more serious about, you know, working out like the year before that. So I kind of finally figured out like what I was doing. And since then, though, it has really become a big lifestyle thing for me where every single day I'm I'm really exerting myself, like for real. And, and I'm realizing that I need that for my mental health. It's amazing. That I am somebody who has too much resting energy and that mm. has led to issues for me in the past. Yeah. And that to deal with that, like I need to, to be tired physically at the end of every day. And um and that has been like great for me. And you know, we've we've invested more in our home gym, which you didn't even get to see. I'm, I'm just realizing I, I never I even took you down there. You know, we even brought workout clothes. We never Next even got time. to look at it. But um but that is now it's a legitimate home gym space with a power rack and with barbells and shit and you know and with a lot of equipment that I know how to use really expertly at this point. That must, you know? How does that feel? I mean, it must feel It feels amazing. great. Yeah. It feels like I hit benchmarks and like, you know, Micah and I work out together all the time and the kids come down and they do the workouts. You just bench press Micah as part yeah, of the Yeah, just throw her through the ceiling. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, I remember we were talking on that episode. I, I don't remember which one, probably the first one with Dennis about um, about Jude, especially liking to work out, you know, with, with us. And yeah. that's maintained this whole time to the point where now he's cutting all of his t-shirts, like his like old ones into tank tops. Oh you my know? God. Oh yeah. That's the, muscle poses it's, it's adorable. Stuff. Grace and, and Luke similarly will, will change into workout clothes now. Although Luke just takes Grace's tank tops, which makes it all the more adorable. <laughs> um, and they, they just love it. And, you know, there's a lesson in there too, right? I mean, we put so much um, pressure on ourselves even earlier in this episode um, about like being, you know, engaging with our kids. But the reality is like a lot of times they, they enjoy doing the things that we want to do too. And that's actually, even just by doing them, we're exposing our kids um, to those things in ways that they otherwise, you know, they wouldn't get because they're kids. Um, right. So I, I feel like that's been nice too. And, and it's nice when you can find things that you all enjoy doing. Oh, totally. And things that are healthy that, you know, set the template for a life of, of healthy living, you know? Yeah. So that's something that I am, I'm more grateful for than ever is, is just my relationship with like my, my physical self is something that I found during the pandemic and that I'm never going to lose again because I know how great it feels to be strong and healthy, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I love that. And I love that it's a family thing too. And, and that it serves me, you know, when we're going on long hikes now, I just feel like I, I, I have better stamina doing that. You're like a pack um, mule. They just give you all the stuff to carry. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just great. So that's something, you know, looking back at the year that I'm, I'm also just really grateful for. Um, but it's funny, you know, like we, we talk about aligning to a new school year. We talk about routines. We talk about all these things that and not in the context of the pandemic would be so normal. Mm. But my reflection on 2021 is that it's all of these topics that seem very typical, but in the context of an atypical time. And so having this venue with you and with the listeners and our friends who come on this, you know, all year has been really helpful. You know, we had Ash on who had a baby during the pandemic. Um, yeah. You know, like we said, we've had a number of people come on for interviews. We had Jake who also had a baby during the pandemic come That's on right. and talk yeah. about Jonah. Um, we've had just a, a number, you know, Greg had another baby during this pandemic and he's somebody who, uh, he has to come on soon because he listens and has so many great insights all the time. <laughs> um, we have just, we're really blessed to have this community and this show, you know, and to have that place to come back to that even as times change, we have a lens to look at it that doesn't, you know, that, that we still have this experience together, which is, uh, pretty crazy and very, very fortunate, I think. 
It is, and you know, maybe ending on that note of, of gratitude that I'm that you so wonderfully communicated at the beginning of this episode. Um, really grateful for this space, and we've said this time and again, but you know, just having moments in your life, um, it might be in a podcast or it might just be a conversation with another person uh, to check in and to reflect back, because otherwise, it it's just going by real fast, and you know, there's so much in there, right? In that emotional intelligence episode, this came up quite a bit that we just sort of pack in. Um, a lot that we typically don't spend much time unpacking. And just by doing that, you know, I think it's it leads to a path of um, stronger uh, emotional well-being and, and overall uh, probably makes us better parents. So looking forward to doing more of that in the new year with you. Amen, my friend. All right. We'll be well, back. We will, we'll be back. I don't know when. We'll keep you we'll on your out. toes there, but we'll talk to you. And I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season and, and new year. See you soon, everybody. All right, bye.